This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing November 28th. So that means it is our first post-Thanksgiving Day show. Like I said, I squeezed in a couple of shows last week. Uh, Ben Milliken came on for a really good show uh, announcing that he is fishing all nine of the Bass Master Elite Qualifiers. The EQs is what they're calling them. Uh, And then also kind of received confirmation that over 175 anglers signed up for the EQs and then had John Sokup on last week also to talk about jumping up to the Bassmaster Elite Series. Got a really good show today. Friend of the show and Mark Jeffries' favorite angler. He also made an appearance last week during the show. Uh, that would be none other than Sonar Miles Berghoff, who's going to come on. And I've had a couple of lengthy discussions with Miles over the past couple of months. I mentioned it briefly on the show. I wanted to get back into that today with Miles. Uh, I think it's some stuff that can really help you become a better angler, put you in the right state uh, mentally, and then also a look into the mind of a a professional angler who makes his living doing this, who has tough decisions to make. Been very successful for the past half decade, really, over on the FLW Tour and the MLF Pro Circuit, and Miles has some decisions to make moving forward, so we're going to talk about those decisions and uh, his growing family along with the move and all sorts of things that he has going on, so get into the mind of Miles Berghoff. Uh, before we do that, it is Cyber Monday, and at BTL, you know, we do. I try to do... There's a lot of sponsors of the show. It's the only thing that's able to, to make it happen to where you can listen to it on iTunes, uh, on your favorite podcast platform, on YouTube, free of charge, free of everything. You get a lot of information. It's a passion project, but it's also 100% how I make my living. If you follow the Bassmaster Opens, it's clearly not through tournament winnings. Uh, and it is Cyber Monday, which is a thing that since the past 15 years has become a lot bigger. So there's a couple of different things that I wanted to touch on before we got to uh, Miles Berghoff. Now, this first one was just a, it's a one day only deal. It's today. If you're interested in some big bite stuff, uh, the BFEs, anything over on big bite, you can get, or you want to get a gift card for someone who enjoys big bite bait products, a sponsor of the show. You can go to uh, bigbitebaits.com and today only for cyber Monday, 30% off of gift cards code CM 30 CM 30. So that is just for November 28th. But if you want to get a, I guess a, if the way that works, if you want to get a hundred dollar gift card, it only costs 70 bucks and you get a hundred dollars worth of stuff. So uh, that's really cool. Also the bass tank has a lot of stuff still on uh, cyber Monday deals. A lot of stuff on sale over there. The screen cleaner professional series. John's talked a lot about that comes with the microfiber towel i think it's still 25 percent off of clothing all sorts of good stuff over on uh the bass tank probably one of the best one that's going on and that 
I believe is also through December 2nd, would be 25% off all ProGuide lithium batteries. I need to make sure I wrote that down. One second. ProGuide batteries. Uh, uh, I think that's right. So uh, 25% off all lithiums on ProGuideBatteries.com. I still need to pull that up. Because we have a code for BTL that I always forget to mention. I put it on my Instagram. Yeah, 25% off all ProGuide Lithiums, November 25th through December 2nd. Online, ProGuideBatteries.com. So that is a heck of a deal if you're looking to uh, upgrade to Lithiums for the 2023 season. Also over on AFTCO, Cyber Monday. Uh, that is just a one-day deal, too. Free shipping on orders over $100. Uh free gift you get a free hat on orders over 150 and you also get a trucker hat on and towel on orders over 300 and then they also have a bunch of uh you can get the uh reaper sweatshirts uh the sweatshirt that i like to wear there the reaper sweatshirt is 49.99 and if you're a bigger guy they have 2x and 3x available still so that's a pretty good deal and then finally uh, i mentioned on uh my Instagram, which is just at Matt Pangrak, and I actually pulled this one up, is Best on Tour is back for a third season, uh, sponsoring me in the Elite Qualifiers. And uh, people have asked, hey, how can we support you uh, in the Opens, uh, follow you? One of the biggest things you can do is sign up for Best on Tour. Best on Tour, completely free, weekly uh, newsletter that covers everything going on in the industry. And I'm going to be doing more with them next year with Dave Rush, who's kind of behind the scenes on that. He does a lot of the content on there. We're going to be doing a lot going into 2023 with uh, BTL as kind of some industry wrap-ups at the end of every month for them. But uh, right now, uh, through December 2nd, I believe, you can sign up. Uh, bestontour.net if you are not already signed up completely free newsletter it goes directly to your inbox they don't send you any other crap they don't ask you for anything it's just the top 10 things that are going on in the industry that week and if you are a new subscriber between now and the next week the beginning of December uh, you are entered to win a uh, best on tour gear package so hat kind of the new retro shirt I'm going to try to talk them into doing the new uh, the new cougar boat wrap kind of like that retro shirt right there with that logo one of my i think that's a cool looking logo uh so here i'll show you this is best on tour right here share screen literally that's it you just put in your name and email that's all they ask you for goes directly to your inbox and then there's like 10 things every week so Big help to the show, big help to me uh, to go to bestontour.net and subscribe for that. So there's a bunch of other good deals. Uh, I know Striking has some stuff, uh, a bunch of tools and stuff uh, on sale there. A bunch of other stuff that's uh, on sale for Cyber Mondays, but uh, part of the industry that I really don't push that stuff on a daily basis. So eh, we got eight minutes into it. And uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to shoot me a DM. I put a lot of those, uh, a lot of those up on my uh, personal Instagram page. Something else we're working for. I've been working on the studio a lot, getting the studio ready uh, at my home in Shawnee, Oklahoma, to make that move uh, in January. And accompanying that will be a lot of social media expansions and things that uh, things that will be improving. So, 
All right, let's get to today's guest. Uh, he's good. He's He's been good. And the question is, where are you going to be good next year? That would be none other than Miles Sonar Berghoff, I'm assuming, from your shop in Tennessee. That's right. You want a tour? Yeah. Let's do a little tour right. there. Okay. So first off, you're going to see the, the bait wall, the Z-Man Elastec bait wall. Then we got the boat over here. We got all the, you know, the fishing gear in the corner uh all the the boat stuff over there and it's kind of a mess right now i'll be honest because no, we took up a a new hobby this year and I, i'm i am surprised at how addictive it is uh everybody told me it would be uh hunting so i i've started hunting last year and uh, so i've got it set up we you know deer season rifle season opened up uh, I think two weekends ago, or was it last weekend or something like that. And so we already got a deer and we actually processed it ourselves. So we got like this chain hoist in the middle of the garage right now. But uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of hunting stuff just kind of strewn all over the place. And uh, I haven't been on the water since hunting season opened. And I didn't think that was possible. Everybody said that hunting would totally, you know, uh, overtake your, your fishing uh, drive during the fall. And let me tell you, they're right. So you had a deer hung up in the middle of your garage on that chain? I did, right on this chain thing. And then you, <laughs> is that the first kinda, deer you processed? Like, did little, you have someone help you? Morbid. Or did you, like, well, YouTube the processing process? Yeah, I, I literally just turned off the video that I was watching to, to help kind of walk me through the process. So I've actually had friends in Alaska when I was up there. Um, like, this year, uh, a, but a, a, a friend of mine got a sick of blacktail. And so I helped her process that deer uh, on on the dock in Alaska just to kind of learn. And it's really not that hard of a process. And, you know, I started this for, you know, the, the to get the groceries. And so I wanted to make sure that I did the whole process my, myself start to finish. And, man, it's really super rewarding. What's the island up in Alaska that they deer hunt on, but it's got like the most grizzly bears on earth on it? Admiralty. Well, a Admiralty Island is the one that has the most brown bear per square mile. Um, there's a there's a bunch of different, I, I, and, but that may be old data because I'm seeing a tremendous amount on Baranoff Island. And then, of course, you got Kodiak, which is a totally different you know beast in its own. And then there's other islands that just have black bear because they won't live together. So black bear and brown bear will not live on the same island. So uh, you've got like, uh, you know, Prince of Wales and, and islands like that that just have black bear. Huh. Okay, explain to me. So you just got into it. I am not a hunter. I've talked about that. I, I just was one of those things that I never had anyone that got me into it, right? When I was younger, right. my dad wasn't a hunter. Uh what is the what is the draw for you? Because so many of the top anglers and so many uh, anglers are, and I understand there's a, a an outdoorsman quality to that, to where you hunt, right. you fish, you grew up like that. But you didn't. You said you just got into it. What is the draw to it, in your opinion, as to why so many of the top anglers are also completely eaten up with the hunting? And is there a parallel there? I, there's definitely a parallel. I think it's a little bit different. Like I love fishing for the competitiveness of it. You know, that's why I love tournament fishing so much. Uh, being in the outdoors is a big component of that. Um, for me, when it came to hunting is I was always around, you know, when I room with, with friends, 
uh, you know, uh, go on tour, it would be, they would talk about hunting. And, and at some point I'm like, man, maybe I should start hunting. So I actually have something to it, you know, to add to this conversation. And, uh, and they'd always bring these, these great, you know, wild game meat to the, to the, uh, um, you know, to the table when we roomed together. And I was like, man, and it just, uh, the reason I got started into hunting was because I wanted a, a, a better connection with the food that I eat. And so, uh, you know, it just made sense to me to, to start hunting. And I'm like you, man, I don't have anybody in my family that, that was a hunter at all. I think my dad told me that, that, um, my, my grandfather or something, he, he, he shot one deer and never did it again. Um, but for me, it totally unlocked. I don't know if it's this, like you unlock, unlock this like primal, uh, part of, uh, of yourself, you know, or what it is, but man, when you take that first shot and I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Rob Jordan, um, who, who, uh, used to fish the, 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 uh, pro say, I know that name. Yeah. And, uh, he took me out on my property and the first day we went out, I shot my first deer. And ever since then, I've just been absolutely, you know, just locked in for life. It's an amazing deal. And, and the first year I got, I, I sent to the processor, um, and, you know, paid the 125 bucks or whatever it was to get it processed. And the second time I, I wanted from here on out, I wanted to go ahead and process my own deer, my own game. So I've already gone turkey hunting, got my first turkey this year. It's hanging up on the wall. I see it uh, right there. Yep. And, uh, and went duck hunting with some friends and, and, you know, it's been an amazing process so i would highly recommend it for anybody that wants you know a a better connection to the food that they eat that they put on the table uh that's it for me i don't want to make it into strictly a trophy you know game endeavor i want it to be for the table first so i want to give it kind of the respect that it deserves by by processing it myself and uh you know giving you know that experience to it to my family and putting that food on the table did you say your first deer you killed off of your own property? Dude, it's so cool. Yeah. We we've got a ton of we've got a ton of deer, not a whole lot of big bucks. We've got a, a, a you know, a bunch of, of, of does and, and so we I shot it right right at the base of my seventeen acres, man. And uh, and same thing with this one I just processed the other day, the day before Thanksgiving. And that, that turkey. And that, that was turkey, off your too. property too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That had to be cool. I can't I don't think there's very many people who can say that the first game that they harvested was off of their own property. Super I mean, again, it's not it's not like a trophy uh, you know, location, but it's a good location maybe take a couple deer a year and maybe one turkey depending on, you know, how many toms are running around in the spring, but you know, Tennessee is just so full of of you know, wild game like turkey and, and deer, you know, everywhere I would go fishing now, especially this time of year, I'm just, uh, all, my, my eyes are just looking at the shoreline, like up these <laughs> bluffs and stuff. I'm looking for deer and turkey. It's amazing. Uh, all right. You want to switch this thing to fishing? Let's, let's switch it to fishing. I've been doing this a, a while now. I feel confident in being able to say that I've been doing this a while now. You have. And the, just covering it just kind of in the industry right and the 2018 19 off season was pretty western the split <laughs> with that will go down in the history books and i'm sure in hindsight you'll 
if the industry is big enough, you'll see documentaries and books and all sorts of crazy stuff about what happened, you know, down the road during right. that off season. To some extent, I feel like this has been a crazy off season too. Not maybe necessarily at the same magnitude, but impacting more anglers. Is that a fair assessment, Miles? And then we'll, we'll dive uh, into this topic. hundred percent. It changed a lot this year. Um, and oddly for me, and we'll, we'll dive into it in a little bit, like you said, but um, you know, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't that um, big of a difference, um, you know, as far as what has happened to, to kind of factor into the decisions that I've made, but it, it has definitely, the landscape of tournament fishing has drastically changed over the last you know four years but uh, this year definitely was uh was a major transition uh for a lot of people for a lot of anglers it's it has not been announced yet i did get clearance to say that over 175 anglers are signed up for the eqs bassmaster made a massive and I think kind of a ballsy change to say hey in order to qualify for next year's elite series you have to fish all nine and you had the yeah. NPFL that had over 100 anglers that seemed to be rolling. And they said, hey, we're going to bring a championship back and we're going to make entry fees $6,000 now. Ooh. And then you had Major League Fishing that said, we're going to bring in, and I think my numbers are right, three quarters of a million dollars in entry fees. And we're going to pay back $650,000. We're going to cut the championship and we're going to turn the FLW tour slash pro circuit into the invitationals. And like Marty Stone said, when we had him on the show, treat it more of a qualifying league for the BPT where the winners of the invitationals get a spot into Redcrest and the Forest Wood Cup uh, title is basically not basically it's, it's gone. So you had changes in all three of these, which it's hard for me to process the fact that they're now treating the invitationals as qualifiers, which I understand that they are for the BPT, but for so many years, you included, made a great living. Uh, at yeah. the top level, the FLW Tour, the pro circuit, was the top level of fishing, and the anglers there are the top caliber anglers that you know right. paid a $5,000 entry fee and 100000 But just a little bit of the, the landscape, and you were one of those guys who opted to uh, make a move to all nine of the Bassmaster Opens. That's right. Yeah, that is, that was my decision this year. And actually, you know, oddly enough, I had not caught wind. I knew I, I kind of had a gut feeling that, that changes were going to happen. And obviously the pro circuit was the one on the chopping block. Uh, and I get it, you know, MLF bought FLW and, uh, and they did it so they could have some kind of qualifying structure. And so at a certain level, it didn't make sense to have two major tours, but it, it, stinks because it, you know we were like you said the t at the top level when i made the flw tour in 2019 and uh you know made the cup fish the cup i thought i had made it you know to the top level and ever since you know it, it's it's definitely changed it's kind of been little things have been chipping away at it and uh and then you know so i i kind of saw the writing on the wall so around when they introduced the eq before icast um, I, you know, at ICAST is when I made the decision to go ahead and, and uh, move over to the opens, uh, and fish in the EQ. But, um, you know, it, it, it was, I, I kind of had a feeling things would be changing in the future. 
Does it surprise you to hear that there's 175 signed up for it? I believe there are 88 that did it, and then the year before there were 50, 40 or 50 that did it. It's a full-on yeah. tour now, Miles. That's yeah. what it is. It's a it's a full-on 175 boat tour. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if if you had asked me that um, before, you know, when they first announced it, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. There might be 200. Uh, and then over the months, I was like, man, that number is probably between 125 and 150 um, because I was starting to talk to a lot of friends who, who were going to stay with the invitationals or, or may, a lot of guys aren't going to fish the opens next year. And, uh, and then, you know, when I ended up hearing that number, um, 175 plus, um, you know, I was, I was surprised, but not really that surprised. I think that Bass made a really, really good move. Um, to do uh, to introduce the EQ, I think that to make the Elite Series, you really have to, um, you know, be a, a, a well-rounded angler and also be prepared for such a a uh, you know time-draining schedule, uh, if you want to put it that way, uh, and um, you know, and such a financial um, responsibility, you know, and so I, th- I I think that it's a really good thing to have have people fish all nine to be prepared for what is fishing at the tour level, which is very, very expensive. And, uh, it's a lot of time on the road. And I don't think that, that the, um, you know, one division and you're fishing the top, you know, if you finish in the top three and you're in, I don't know if that's the best test for, you know, an elite series, uh, career. I don't think I've mentioned this on the show. This blows my mind. You did the same thing I did, Miles. Mm-hmm. You put in $7,200 for your deposits. If you go to the Opens resources, there's register, tournament registration and schedule, Opens overview, Opens rules, open sponsors, Open EQ information, tournament off limits and balance due date. There is no payout. We just, there are 100, over 175 guys that signed up for the Opens EQ, $7,200 deposit, $800 for each event, $1,000 due before each one. We don't know what the payout is in 2023. <laughs> what, are we all <laughs> dumb? Is it in good faith? No, is that no. something that hasn't been brought up? In what other universe, galaxy, world do you commit that type of resources without knowing what the return on the investment is? We are dreamers, man. It's all about it's all about that dream of getting to the elite series and the classic. I mean, that's that's just shows you how much uh, value you know people in the sport put on those two platforms. And uh, so, I, I, you know, the the payback in the entry fees are not you know even really factoring into this for me. Not because I have a ton of money, but it's just because this the fish the opens. The only reason I'm fishing the opens is to make the elite series and, and eventually fish the classic. And, uh, and so I, you know, I'm already, I'm not thinking about the, the earnings that I'll make next year. Like in the pro circuit, I was, I was always like, you know, I should be able to make at least this much, you know? So I do make that, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that balance between entry fees and payouts, but for the opens, it's really just all about, you know, making the elites. Uh, blew my mind because I was I was in the same position, but then I sit there and I'm like, why why have we not gotten this yet? Because my here's my thoughts on it. Ideally, if you're going to reward consistency, which is the top nine overall, 
under the current right. current payout structure, which it's been. And I don't know what they're going to do. And I might do a little bit of lobbying. I want to get your thoughts on this here. But mm-hmm. if if you could qual you would qualify in the top nine this past year with a fifty third place average. So you could mm-hmm. qualify for the Bassmaster Elite series and never cash a single check. Now, if they're asking us to dedicate $16,200 and thirty to $40,000 to travel around the country, put our livelihoods on the line to fish these elite qualifiers, I would like to see that payout go down. It's obviously focused now on qualifying for the elite series and not making money. So I would You're like right. to see... If there's additional funding, if there's an additional resource, a deeper payout into the field instead of that top heavy top 40, because we're not here to make money. There's 175 of us. Like you just said, Miles, we're here to, to chase the classic, to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series, alleviate some of that pressure by taking any of those funding and paying deeper down the field. Because if you're doing it to make money, that's first, second or third. That still stays the same. But if you could have more break-even events, more $2,000 to $3,500 checks down when you're finishing in the top 25 or 30% or 40% of the field, then that kind of parallels with what you're seeing of the other professional circuits and helps alleviate some of that pressure to where, you know, if you do finish in the top 50, if you're in that top, then you do at least break even in it. That's just my thoughts on it. If they were emphasizing top fives, top tens and wins, then yes, keep it top heavy. Say, guess what? You want to cash a check, then go bust a freak show bag. But if they're saying consistency, top nine makes it, we're trying to build elite series guys pay deeper into that field, alleviate some of that, that pressure. And and like I said, all these guys obviously have uh, the funding now to make it through the year. Uh, and you're not doing it to make money. And they say, well, if, you know, if that $2,000 check is so important to you, then maybe you shouldn't be fishing the the EQs. But are you on the same page with me here on that? A hundred percent. Yeah. I would love to see, you know, that's the the hardest thing about going to the opens is, is, you know, having to finish in the top 40. And when I was fishing the opens, I fished the opens for several years. I had so many, you know, 40 something place finishes 41st through 45 or something like that and missed a check and you're talking about out of like 225 boats or something like that that's a good finish like on any pro tour level you know you'd be making a ten thousand dollar check so it's you know that's i would love to see him go down to like 60th place or something like that even though you're not going to be making a, a a be able to make a living you know, with, with those type of checks down in the, you know, 60th place or whatever, um, you know, for the guys that are fishing the EQ, you know, getting just a little bit of money to be able to break even for that event would mean a lot. And I understand the theory of if you can't afford it now, you won't be able to afford it on the elite series, but I think there's a happy medium where you're, you're valuable at that open level. And depending on the emphasis that bass is going to put on the open level their their word I believe was is enhanced, coverage of it but your value does increase once you do make that elite series once you jump into that top 103 or 100 or whatever it's going to be in in 2024 so i i mean i fall into that category of a guy who can who can can swing it in the opens obviously but would have to hustle and work for sponsorship for the elite series and i don't think that you should have to put elite series money behind the opens before you get to the elite series. There's a happy medium there between. Right. Do you see what I mean? Like, I mean, the deals, yeah, get, yeah. 
there you work with it i mean the top level a little bit more rewarded than the open level absolutely yeah i completely agree do you know if they're they're letting 225 or 250 i heard it was 250 250 okay yeah i heard it was 250 it'll be interesting to see how many fish all nine uh the other thing is with the uh, without being able to make the elite series through the through the divisions, they're now divisions one, two, and three instead of northern, yeah. southern, and eastern. What I believe you're going to see is the 70 remaining spots. Obviously, you're going to have guys who traditionally have gotten in their life members. They finish in the top 20. They're just going to continue to fish that division. But I think you're going to see a lot more high end jackpotters who are going to be chasing the money at the top. And the Bassmaster Classic qualification, and since they can't make the Elite Series now, you're going to have the real serious guys that jump in and say, yeah, you know, this is my lake. You follow Oklahoma, and I'm going to pony up because I think I can make money there. So I think a lot of those checks are going to be taken up by locals who are really hard to beat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be real about it. It's probably going to be the Opens. Uh, generally, you know, you're you're essentially investing in your future for mm-hmm. an eventual lead series berth. That's that's what it is. It's not to to make money uh, fishing the opens. They're they're going to be a lot of fun, but they're also probably one that I would think that that overall it's probably going to be one of the most competitive circuits this year of all time. You know, it's it is going to be extremely competitive uh, with 175 plus guys. Man, it is going to be crazy, but you still have to catch them. You know, it doesn't matter how many guys are, are, are fishing. You know, if you fish like I did this year, you're not going to make the elite. So it really doesn't matter. I, you know, when I heard that number 175, I was like, I, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, there could be 300 guys fishing. You know, the point is that you have to perform. And if you don't perform, if you don't catch the fish, um, it doesn't matter if there's 20 guys fishing, you know, in the EQ or, or, you know, that, 175 man you you're you're not going to get in if you don't perform so uh, bring it on man i'm ready all right we're going to take our first break of the show when we come back we're going to build on that atomic performance catching fish getting into the swing of things working on yourself being realistic with yourself realizing what you're sucking at and making tangible changes to get better to move past mental blocks to put more fish in the boat and to be able to fish at the highest level that you feel like you can fish at. So it is Monday, post-Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, here on BTL, November 28th with Miles Berghoff. We will be back right after this. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS, now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99, and we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart, our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar, from chirp, side-scan, and down-scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. 
industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle, representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough, and I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket, because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up, you're bad about getting water, runs downhill. Everything bends good, I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down range. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got enough pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water membrane. Brain. That's 30K, baby. 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet. Super warm. If it's cold in the wintertime, you put on your Hydronaut, you're gonna be a much more comfortable person. If you don't wanna just look sexy at Dairy Queen, wear your Hydronaut. We got it from small to 5X. Most rain gear does not come in that many sizes. You got waist adjusting straps. We can make it fit you. No matter what the environment is, we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be dry. You gotta check it out. It ain't gonna let you down. The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors, a perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability, 3D eyes, premium black nickel hooks, KVD, tie one on, striking lures. Get the best patterns back by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Monday with Miles Sonar Berghoff. And I'm getting texts as we come for new Cyber Monday specials. One just came in. I'll have it up on my social media too. 10% off beatdown outdoors mounts. That uh, telescoping mount. I had the guys from... uh, uh, beat down in studio last month and I think they I think it's the next power pole deal. I think it's gonna save backs. I think in a in within a year and a half, I think pretty much everyone you see will have a telescoping mount on the front deck for their forward facing sonar of choice. But ten percent off uh the code is capital B D ten C M S if you want uh beat down outdoors. I it's a one day only deal too, so if you are looking to make a uh quick investment in graph mounts have you ever seen those telescoping ones or i think that's going to be the future whether it's beat down or what i don't know how like how that works but you know like power pole got the market quarter and that that's the next thing i think miles graphs that raise up to you so you don't have to go down to the graph to see the wonderful 
underwater world in front of you. Yeah, I, I, I that got me thinking when you mentioned that. I hadn't heard of that, but um, I've seen like the really tall ones for crappie fishermen that are pretty yeah. much in their face. The only yeah. thing that that I'd be concerned with is hitting, you know, hitting that thing. It but, doesn't I mean, mess with you, right? If it's right there in front of you, you don't really hit it. Like, you know, you would hit the trolling motor or if you're fishing from the back of the boat, you hit the power poles it, all the time. It's shockingly unobtrusive. That might need hmm. to be their that might need to be their tagline. Shockingly right. unobtrusive. It's like the guy <laughs> who stands next to you. Like when you're slinging a crankbait in a team tournament or an A rig, where's the safest place to be? Right next to the guy. Right, right. On the front deck. Otherwise you're wearing it like a bull ring. Yeah, it would be nice to to not be like constantly leaning over and squinting. Everybody's gonna have hunchbacks. It is. Have you ever just gotten absolutely drilled with a plug or a bait, like in a backswing with your with a partner oh, yeah. that just? I mean, like at the absolute worst, you you have experienced that. Oh yeah, I've I I had a guy on Okeechobee. I I told him we were gonna be. This was fishing like the Ever Starts back when I, I think it was actually the Rayovax at that point, but. Um, it, it was, I was, uh, fishing on Okeechobee and I told him we were going to be punching mats and he brought a, a rod with like 17 pound fluorocarbon and the poor guy got stuck in a reed at the end of the day and he was pulling back and it just went so taut and I knew what was coming and he, it came back. He had like a three, eight ounce weight, it hit him so hard that it, it split his glasses in two and, uh, he had like this big knot. So the hook and the weight hit him, and so the the weight put a big knot. The hook must have broke the glasses or something. He was bleeding all over the place. Man, uh, it was it was rough. That was Dropped the worst him. I've ever seen. It was like a twenty two getting shot at him. Hmm. Not quite, but I mean that's what it sounded like. College national championship on Louisville. I was fishing with Jordan Nichols, right? who now runs Nichols Marine. It's like one of the biggest marine dealerships in the country yeah. now. You were he fishing made... those back then. That's awesome. I, yeah, I... Oh, yeah, that's Lake awesome. Louisville with. Uh, one of the years that I fished uh uh anyway, long story short, it was really tough on Louisville because they put everyone on Louisville, which is not a fantastic lake for a ton of boats. Right. And I was so pumped we caught like a three pounder on like the fourth cast of the morning, right next to Sneaky Pete's. I mean, we it was such a bad practice that we started on the point adjacent to right. Sneaky Pete's there. Not a, not and a I spot. and I go up to give Jordan a high five. And he didn't know that I was coming up on the front deck to give him a high five. And I got an Excalibur spitting image windmilled into my eardrum. Oh, my gosh. You got so lucky, man. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's one thing. Everybody's on here. Wear your eye protection. I mean it. I'm not kidding. You know, this is not going to be a sponsor plug. Wear your eye protection on the water it's so so important i mean i got in alaska i've seen injuries up there that that are pretty bad are you what's the best lens to wear for that if you are flipping punching or something is it plastic or is it glass well it's it, it, i mean they make if some you have a strong sunglass glass, that you it's use definitely it's definitely a polycarbonate of some type like i've you know i've been uh wearing the the wiley x's and they've got great you know eye protection they're they're rated for you know they have that that whole thing at like expos where they have this big heavy metal spike that you shoot through a tube and it doesn't break it or anything like that and and this year i'm going to be wearing my buddy um uh, lewis wellen he has a company a torch eyewear but you know he and he, those are polycarbonate too and I think that those are the best. They they do scratch. You know that that material does scratch more than glass. But man, 
And I think most most companies nowadays have have a pretty good glass formulation too that are pretty strong. But um, eyewear is so important. I I know that was just kind of a side thing, but um, I, I I think that that's super important. I see a lot of people without sunglasses, mm-hmm. and man, you just do not want to lose an eye. No, that's a great point. I ended up with the one of the chug bug hooks through the top of the earlobe, past the barb in the scalp, so it was pinned, and then the other, the front, swung around and went into the ear canal past the barb. And, of course, it didn't hurt at all. It just went completely numb. Like, you know, it was like, uh, I mean, I've I've only gotten, I've never gotten, like, in a bar fight, but when you get punched in hockey or hit with a puck, it just goes numb. Like, you yeah. don't feel anything. And I just look, and Jordan's got the look on his face, and I'm like, it's not good, is it? And he's like, no. Uh, and it was ironic. So that was Wade Middleton's deal. And mm. it was uh, it was Wade and Kelly Jordan and Jeff Crete. And Kelly had to do the line trick twice. <laughs> that was the first oh, time I'd no. heard of the line trick. We idled right uh, back over to the to the dock and was like, hey, look, look at this kid's ear. And it was just dripping blood. Oh, but, man, that's brutal. I don't know how we got onto that, but how did we get onto that? We were talking about Louisville, I guess. No, because I was talking about windmill getting hit with something. Uh, I can't. I can't remember now. But everybody just wear your eyewear when you're fishing. Oh no, we were talking about getting hit and how standing close to each other because oh, of the yeah, graph yeah, mounts and that's all. Right. That's a long. Man, that's a long gone stretch. On way but, more of a tangent yeah. on that than we had to. Who knew Cyber Monday would lead <laughs> to that discussion? But uh, one of the things that I admire about you, Miles is you're a very, uh, I guess, thoughtful angler. Like, you do things with intention. And I think it's very easy to go years and years and years and either feel bad for yourself or beat your head against a wall or not really analyze why you're doing and what you're doing and change it. The key word, uh, Ben Milliken actually mentioned, intentional practice, uh, productive practice. It doesn't matter how much time you're spending on the water or hitting a golf ball or a baseball if you're not doing it properly and trying to get better. And through my discussions with you this year, I've become more aware of intentional practice and working on improvement. And that's something uh, that I think you do very well at and have done very well at. Yeah, I uh, thank you. And I think that's that is so important is like everybody wants to just go out and you think that that fishing is enough just going out there and fishing and and uh but the the process is what i kind of compare with or put on the same level as intentional you know so that term intentional i think is just the process you know and focusing on whatever process you need to accomplish whatever goals you're you're looking to um you know accomplish and uh you know like we had had a conversation about about you know uh the fish landing and uh and you know and and i went through a period where i lost so many fish it was ridiculous i've lost i'm not kidding uh hundreds of thousands of dollars i mean and that's not an overstating it at all i lost the tbf national championship and the living the dream package back in 2012 or 11 by four ounces in a, in the second day i brought in four fish and had like 15 keepers on the line you know so it's like uh and and so i've gone through that that same kind of uh you know um that that same thing that you kind of went through that you were talking about on the show losing you losing fish and then going out with the intention to change that outcome and to change your mindset and to prepare you for that 
uh, that next, you know, a big fish on the line and getting that thing in the boat uh, is much more important than, than going out there fishing and then hoping that, that it all comes together when you're under pressure. It, you know, it's so important to think about what your goals are and to, to approach fishing in a way that is going to get you to that, that, that end goal, the end game. So you talked to me on the way to uh, Hartwell. Yeah. And I mentioned this on the show too, but one of those things you talked about was I was, I was struggling with, I was like, I must be doing something different because it's same rod, same line, same hook that for the last two years has been 95% is suddenly 75%. So it's not the equipment, right? I've already established this and I have confidence in the equipment. It's not like I'm experimenting with things. And what you told me really helped, which was to, to treat it kind of like a game day during practice. And Hartwell's one you can do that because you get a lot of bites, but I legitimately think I top 10 because of that conversation with you. Yeah. It, I mean, that it, it's, I went, like I said, man, I went through the same thing. So for, for like half a year, um, what broke my cycle of lost fish in that example, because I had another, uh, you know, missed fish thing with, with top water and I trained myself for that. And I'll mention that in a second, but as far as like losing fish, you know, the only thing that helped was for me to go out every single day and every single fish mattered. Even if it was a dink that wouldn't keep in a tournament, I fought that fish. I went through the whole process of fighting that fish to the boat to make sure that I got it in the boat. And my awareness, my situational awareness during a, a fighting a fish uh, got so keen that that I just stopped losing fish to the you're you're never going to get rid of of lost fish. That's just part of the sport. You can't control how a fish eats it, you know, uh, where they get hooked a lot of times. And so you're always going to lose some fish. But your job as a, a professional is to to, you know, um, is to limit those those situations where you you lose those fish that you should have been able to get in the boat. And so, you know, again, going out there with the intent to, to, uh, you know, uh, relearn how to fight fish was super important. The same thing with topwater, man. Like if you watch me topwater fish, I still miss fish all the time, but I don't get surprised. Like you'll never see me jump at a fish unless it was like right next to the boat. You know, I'm reeling in the bait. I'd probably jump then, but, uh, I had to train myself for an entire year. Cause back in Florida, when I was living there, I was fishing a lot of toad baits and mm-hmm. those things would just get creamed on the surface and and you 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 set the hook right away so i went through a whole year where i i went out there with the intention that every single cast i was going to expect a bite and so i never got surprised and even to this day it has stuck with me to where if i get a a topwater strike i don't react to it i still miss fish sometimes because sometimes they just don't get it but um i don't immediately react so my hooking percentage went way up so it's all about figuring out what your your weaknesses are and then working on those and that's kind of what this year was really good for uh you know in general because uh, i learned a lot this year this was my worst year ever i mean you look at the the stats 2022 was was a terrible terrible year but at, by the same respect, I'm also actually kind of thankful at at this point because I'm making a big 
change to go over to the opens to make the elite series and and with that change you have to be at your your peak level of consistency and that's something that that uh, i needed to learn this year so i almost feel like it's meant to be like that, that that switching to the opens this year was kind of meant to be because i learned so many lessons this year that are going to be helpful for me to stay consistent uh, you know, uh, in the EQ this year to hopefully make the elite series this year or, you know, 2023 or in the next few years. We talked about the losing fish, but afterwards my mind started racing and you could apply yeah. that same thing to tournament preparation. If you think about Everything. it, you have 16 mornings for the Bassmaster opens. You fish so many mornings. How many mornings do you lackadaisically get your stuff ready? You get on the water whenever. That's a big part of the mental. So I also started yeah. preparing where I would take practice days and fun fishing days and prepare like it was a morning for the open in the last two or three of it to get on the water, yeah. to make sure everything was dialed in, to go through that process, because that's an that's a foreign process. You only get 16 of those opportunities if you're on the water 100 days a year. It's not that many, so the more you can make that comfortable. You can take it into decision-making. You can get on the water for a fun day, and you can say, all right, it's, it's 10 o'clock now. Uh, you know, here's my goal by one o'clock and you can make conscious decisions instead of just going down the bank or giving up when the bike gets tough. You can do it into right. lake breakdowns. You can take that same mentality for, for fixing quote unquote, the lost fish and apply it to all the different aspects of your game. And I think that that is the way that you can, that some guys get, this is like kind of an epiphany that I've had, that you can get into the groove at a time of the year when you're like, man, I need to fish these tournaments to get into a groove. Well, then your tournament's a quarter of the year, a half the way over, and you're already screwed in the points. But if you could get into that groove at the beginning of the year or during a break before the next stretch of tournaments, you're so far ahead of the curve because there right. are other guys who are doing that. Yeah. No, I, I agree, man. It's it, it really just it really comes down to being real with yourself on what you need to, to work on and then going out with, again, that intention or focusing on the process of getting better at that one thing. And in, uh, you know, diving into, to, you know, this year for me, it was it was, you know, I tried a lot of different things and and really what it came down to is is focusing refocusing on the process i had flip-flopped my priorities list in competitive fishing you know and i went from focusing on um you know the process of catching fish that very next bite and each tournament day to focusing on like what results i wanted and when you start focusing on the results that is a very ugly dark place uh, you know, to be, because when you don't achieve those results, it just snowballs. And I, uh, and that's exactly what I experienced this year is I, I stopped focusing on that, that intention, that process. And I started focusing on what I wanted and, and really what I want is a result of, of what I do, the process to get to that. So that's kind of the, the big learning experience this year. Have you ever caught them when you really feel like you're trying or does it always just seem like when you're on it, it's for lack of a better term, easy? Yeah, that's the thing, man, is uh, so uh, that, that kind of dives deeper into another level of, of, you know, the process is one thing this year that I, I learned and I actually hired a, a performance coach and an athletic coach, um, uh, Charles Plot. Um, and, uh, and so he kind of helped me realize this, like right off the bat, 
Like he didn't, we had like a couple meetings and I immediately started to, to, to understand what was going on is I, I found out that I don't have another level. I don't have another gear to, to, to switch into on the water. Like I'm always shooting for a top 10, you know, to be in contention. And, and there are some tournaments that you have, you cannot have that focus. You, if you have a, if, if I'm going down Okeechobee and I'm dialed in, uh, I can, I, I, I feel confident that I could fish for five bites all day, fish slow, methodical, and I'm going to get those five bites. I'm going to have a good, a good day because I'm dialed in. Things are easy. Um, but then I go to a place that maybe I don't understand what's going on. I've had two days of practice and, and I really couldn't figure anything out except for maybe I've got like one point, like. Uh, Sam Rayburn is an example of that one point or one small pattern that I could do instead of going into the tournament and and trying to look for that unicorn that puts you in in the zone again. What I I I found that I need to do is I need to start focusing on what I do have. So that one point or that one pattern, focus on that until you start getting some momentum going, and then you can start working off of that. And that's the only way to to. Uh, you know, be true to the process and to be successful. And and success is different for every event. Success could be a 60th place finish in a tournament, you know, and, and that's a, a key point. I think everybody talks about like fishing to win all the time. That's such a great way to have a hundred and something place finish or get a top 10 or possibly win. You know, it's, but to stay consistent, you need to recognize when things are going your way and when you need to step back, kind of kind of dial it back and keep it simple and start focusing on what you do do well, because let me tell you a lot, a lot of the times that I've done that where I'm like, okay, I need to dial it back to where, um, where I'm doing something that may not be a, a good like deal to, to make a top 10, but I think I'm going to have an okay tournament and get a check. Those have turned into something that I've actually had like grand, like my first season, I had two, uh, I had, I had uh, my first area on grand Lake, I ended up getting uh, getting like 14 pounds, and then in the rest of practice, so two and a half days, I never got a single bite. So I went back and just focused on what I did have, and ended up getting a top three finish. And and so it, you know, it, but if I had uh, just kept that gear of just covering water, throwing power fishing tactics, and and hoping that I run across that that u- unicorn running around, mm-hmm. uh, I would have never ever. Um, you know, had, uh, I probably wouldn't have caught a limit in that tournament. So I, I don't know. That's one of the things that I learned about my fishing this year. Yeah. I didn't realize that was your first, that was your first top 10 in your rookie season yeah. on the pro circuit. And that was when I was filling in as the co-host right. with yeah. uh, uh, Travis Moran yeah, that's at Grand right. there watching that. Uh, I think I located, is this who you're talking about? Oh, golf and uh and fishing a lot of master uh, no. the mental game with charles plot it looks like oh, yeah, there's yeah, roy, yeah. roy hawk it. with a little testimonial down yeah. there and yeah, it's so golf got, and all sorts of stuff he's got a bunch of guys he, he he he's good the one thing i've learned about performance coaches is they're not giving you anything that you don't already have they're mm-hmm. not telling you something that you don't already know they're giving you the tools to recognize what's most important in your mindset. And so it was like immediately, you know, they're not, they don't have the golden ticket, right. But they're, they're, they're giving you access to figuring that out for, for you. 
And, uh, and that's exactly what I needed this year. I needed to, to, to relocate, you know, my process and what was most important. This is the, this is the thing that screws me up, Miles. The more you talk about it, then the more you think about it and the more you think about it, the more mechanical you come. So then for me, it becomes almost counterintuitive on the water because I do the BTL show and I talk about the metal game and I talk about how you're supposed to be doing it. And it's almost like, don't think about pink elephants. My mom's an English teacher, did public speaking courses. And she's always like, you know, it's like, it's like the last thing. If you tell someone, don't think about pink elephants, what are they going to think about? The first thing you think about is pink elephants, right? Right. So it's this weird counter deal. So are you going to focus on it to bring it up to try to not be able to think about it? Or then are you going to think about it? And then it's going to screw you up because I'm never thinking about it when I'm being successful and it just happens. It's, it's this crazy mesh of awareness and instincts and intuitiveness that has to come together for it to all work. Yeah. Or I'm just screwed up and just really have a lot of thoughts running through my head at all times. Well, that's a, yeah. I don't think that being over analytical is very helpful in a lot of situations, and in some situations it is. You just need to be. Uh, you need to let yourself be the fisherman that you are. If you start taking focus away from who you are as a competitor, as a fisherman, um, you you start getting into somebody else's wheelhouse, and uh, and and you put yourself completely out of it. So you just got to be true to yourself focus on your process not somebody else's and uh and you know as long as you're creating action you're going out there and trying to get better at something you know you just have to be real with yourself and realize that you're going to fall flat on your face a lot a lot of times uh you know i fished eight different divisions of the bfls a bunch of different divisions of of you know opens or 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 toyotas and uh and so Holy I, cow, I learned, you did. yeah and i've I, dude i've fished i've fished uh, I've fallen flat on my face so many times this year hurt the most because I, I felt like I had a lot, you know, to I, I, in the moment, it felt like a lot, but at the end of the year, man, it's like, man, those are going to happen. If you lose your, your kind of your, your, your way and you start focusing on the wrong things, those are going to happen. And even when you're focusing on the right things, you're going to have bad tournaments. You're going to have bad days and you just need to take it as a good thing a good thing because the only time that it's a true failure is when you end up quitting and I will never quit. And I know you won't either, Matt. No, you're, you're you're a warrior too. Yeah. This is applicable though. Like, I mean, we're talking about the opens and pro circuits. This is applicable on co-angler level, BFL level, club level. It's whatever level you want to apply it to. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it applies to everything in life. You know, the, the, the things that you want the most are the hardest to attain sometimes and, and, and you just have to work hard and, and uh, take, take the lumps when they come and move forward. This is interesting. Off topic. Joel Scott says all the fishing competitions are fixed lead weights, filling up fish with other fish. I will say this in the hundreds of tournaments that I fish from the local all the way up and you, I have never gone out thinking that I'm fishing behind the eight ball and that people are cheating. That has never that never crosses my mind as particularly I with never. BASS events. Like, it's not even a thought. Never. Is it for yeah. you? Not, not in the least. And I don't think about who I'm fishing against. Like it always bothers me when people are like, Oh man, you're fishing against this guy on this lake. I'm like, 
dude, just focus on your game. I mean, I think that if you start focusing on what other, the other possibilities, you, you're taking yourself away from what you need to do. Um, and I, I don't know. I never, maybe I'm naive, but I never, that never comes into my mind, my mind either. I just go out there and, and focus on me, what I can control and just go fishing, you know, it's and I don't know how rampant that is. I feel like in Oklahoma, a lot of the smaller stuff kind of takes care of itself. I don't know if that's the case in Tennessee too, but you know, it, Issues get your season. <laughs> issues get resolved. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. All right, let's take a final break. Get, What's that? Go ahead. No, I, I said I've been getting questions about that. The whole walleye, uh, you know, the whole wild walleye scandal. So much lately, it's been crazy. That is that went totally viral. Right. Oh man, it it was a black eye for the sport for sure. Yeah, I I guess it is. I guess it was. I never looked at it like that because I I differentiated the walleye and the way they caught them and the way that it was yeah. handled on that. But if you're outside of the industry and that's the only thing yeah. you see, I would assume you would then apply that across the board. I never thought about that. We we do because we're bass fishermen. Right. We, we make the the you know the comparison or the differentiation, but other people do not like they they've they've actually seen it and they asked me and i'm like i have no idea what they do in a walleye they think it was ridiculous you know in general and it was a really bad thing but um i i get that question from a lot of people unfortunately it really sucks sponsorship wise as we wrap this up yep same new what do we have going on all, with miles Berghoff for 2023 all new or all the same, actually. Um, the, you know, the the sponsors that I have, I, I've been so fortunate over the last four years to have such a, a great, loyal, um, you know, sponsor portfolio. All of my sponsors are going to be sticking with me for next year. Um, They're all very supportive. So I'm very, very thankful for, for all of them, for sure, because it, it is a step down going to the opens. I mean, make no mistake. Uh, it's it's no longer, you know, uh, I can no longer be considered a tour level angler, you know, fishing the opens. And so for them to 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 um, to be so supportive going back to the opens was uh, was really, really special. You have a wall of Z man behind you. Yeah. Any have you figured out how to use that new mini max yet? Like the best oh, yeah. time for that? I like it in the fall. Um, okay. on, on tick, we get a bunch of like little shad in the backs of creeks. And usually I just throw that, that Z-man minnows, the three inch, uh, swim bait. But, um, but that little mini max works great too. Anytime you got little, little bait fish that you're focusing on, but it is not a, a finesse chatterbait. Like, even though it's small, it's got a big stout hook on it. So you still use like 15 pound test on it and, and you're still power fishing. You're just toning down the size. The other bait that I feel like is extremely versatile that they've come out with over the last couple of years is that big goat. Yeah, I <laughs> I got a whole row of of the uh, the Billy Goat. You can do anything with that, right? 
swim jig, flip, pitch, you know, football jig, you know, any type of trailer. It's it's great as a toad on the surface, even though they got the new goat toads. Uh, you can you can put it on the back of a buzz bait. It does everything. It's really super versatile. It's interesting how long that Elaztec has been around. I remember it when you're younger and what Z-Man has been able to do to turn that into a viable product and oh my gosh mitigate the it's hard stuff to work with and they've done such uh, a good job of making it usable and user friendly over the last well, the, 10 years yeah when i first started working with them 8 or 9 years ago um they had a bunch of different you know uh baits that they made with the Laztec that were primarily let's be honest kind of kind of you know knockoffs of of traditional you know uh shapes and, and sizes of baits you know they had like split tail yeah 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 but nowadays they recognize that because it's such a unique material um they needed to uh, to change the way that they design baits so they've got a lot of baits that are just so fine-tuned for that elastic material that that i mean everything in their product line nowadays i pretty much use um, you know, and, and are the exclusives within that category of bait that I, that I use on the water because they put so much thought into the material versus the design. It's closed, but this is a 2004 chatterbait, you know, Ooh. thrift is on the front. It says <laughs> winner of the Southeast Stren on Lake Okeechobee, but it's got the Elaztec, uh, twin tail in there. That was right. like their first kind of plastic stuff wasn't it was that that yeah. twin tail for the chatterbaits yeah i don't I that's so. the first time i remember hearing about it they they started off as uh, i think um making skirts skirt material okay. in the beginning yeah and then they got the, the chatterbait and that kind of exploded everything and you're gonna have a kid right in the middle of the season too we have oh man i was i was hoping we'd get to that yeah so i've got a, a baby girl on the way um you know katie my wife and i have a baby girl coming uh riley elizabeth Burgoff. and uh man we are super excited for that you know it, this year you know from a competition standpoint wasn't a great year but it's it's one of my favorite years because we got you know the news of of our first child you know coming so um, man, can't wait for that. It's going to, she's going to arrive on this planet right around tournament season, which will be, <laughs> it'll be interesting, but I mean, that's just what we have to, uh, to, uh, uh you know, work with uh, as tournament anglers, I guess. But yeah, you're going to win one. It's a <laughs> fact. Well, I got to focus on the process, brother. Show one of those goats real quick. All right, let's do it. Pete, Pete was wondering to see what it looked like. Also, while you're saying that, I would like to also encourage everybody to go over to Sonar Fishing on YouTube. Very active YouTube that you've uh, picked up on and yeah. have a lot of tips, tactics, mental stuff, all sorts of good stuff. Map studies over on your channel. Really good channel uh, with a lot of consistent content out. So there's the goat right Thank there. You. It's a little yeah. hybrid yeah, it's it's considered a grub, but really, a, it's kind of like a beaver style bait. It's got grub toad beaver to mix. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it it it's probably the most versatile bait on this wall in general, you know. But uh, but yeah, go over to I, I I really would love everybody to go check out my YouTube channel, Sonar Fishing. I do three videos a week, and so I keep it very active, and I do a lot of 
you know, if you guys have questions, I actually go and do videos on, based on your questions, as long as it's something that I actually have something to say about. So, yeah, love to see you guys on Sonar Fishing. Good stuff. I greatly appreciate it. The most important or most impressive thing about today's show, an hour and eight minutes of you holding your phone out. I know. I put this ladder here. I put this ladder here so I could, I could put, just, just rest my, that's why you see me doing this a lot of times, I'm hunched over, because I got this ladder, like, yeah, I got a chain hoist. This is a, this is kind of a scary room, actually, now that I think about it. It looks good. Miles, I appreciate it. Always enjoying when I have you Thank on. You. Uh, Mark Jeffrey's favorite angler. Still, still Mark Jeffrey's favorite angler. Oh, great, great. He's on a I recruiting trip in either Iowa or Wisconsin this morning. I'm not sure which. No, he might be oh, back. Great. He was on it this weekend. I don't know where he is. He's not. He, he wasn't here this morning or else I'd have had him stop in. I love that guy. Tell him I said hi. Will do. Thanks, Miles. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. That was Miles Sonar Berghoff from his studio in Tennessee. We'll take our final break of the show and we come back, break down what is going on the rest of this week and the upcoming month, the final month of shows uh, from the current studio here. It is BTL on a Monday. We'll be back right after this. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md combining one of the most popular hook styles with gamakatsu's beefier superline offering the gamakatsu superline offset round bend 
delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bed is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round band offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-aught, 4-aught, and 5-aught, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. All right, welcome back. BTL wrapping things up, going through some of the comments that Pete was asking. What's the weight of that smaller chatterbait? And I wanted to say it was a quarter, three and a half, and I was uh, correct. Let me see if I can add this. There is on uh, omniafishing.com. Uh, they've got a really cool deal going on with Seth Fighter right now as far as I think you can sign up and have a chance to win five of his favorite reels. I'm actually going to have more information on that later this week. Uh, but the mini max comes in the quarter three eighths and half ounce. And it does, it has a beefy little hook in it, but it's tiny. It's very small. So what I have found in the fall and I ask him miles about that is because if you go over to the big bite website, the kamikaze swim on, which is quickly becoming the most used trailer for, bladed jigs comes in a 3.75 inch which is significantly smaller than the 4.25 inch the original that the the swim on came out with i want to say three years ago now so the mini max in a half ounce paired with the 3.75 inch kamikaze swim on is a absolute perfect match for small fall bait fish and then you can go a step further and trim that skirt a little bit tighter and the cool thing that i like about the swim on here and i'll add this is on the swim on a lot of the water let's see if i can get this right there's water displacement with the chatterbait blade that's the main pivot in the chatterbait as far as uh what allows it to be the chatterbait is the way it hits and oscillates and hits the head, but it creates water distribution, which is why if you've noticed when you have a paddle tail or some other bait on the back of a chatterbait, it doesn't tend to have as much action as if you just have it on a jig head. It's because the water displacement, it goes around the tail, doesn't move as much. The kamikaze swim on the big bite swim on has those holes in the tail that allows water to go through it so it catches that water again so it actually kicks a lot more than a lot of the other trailers. Now, sometimes you don't want that type of swinging act. Super cold water, something where you want something very subtle. 
But when you are trying to imitate a small fleeing shad, I really like that Mini Max with the 3.75 inch swim on. So I didn't plan on turning this into a final segment for tackle, but it is what it is. Coming up this week on BTL tomorrow, a very interesting guest and someone that I have a lot of respect for and has caught a lot of fish is Joel Willard. Uh, Northern dude has really chased uh, both the MPFL. He finished in the top 10 uh, two years ago, did not fish it last year, fished like 17 tournaments. He camps, he travels on the road, has fished all of the opens for the past three or four years. And we are going to catch up with Joel and kind of get down and real about what it's like uh, on the open trail for someone who's had a lot of success and cashed a lot of checks. I think one year he did seventy, eighty thousand dollars in earnings and top tens in all in the top ten in the NPFL, top ten in the Bassmaster Opens, and kind of talk about his plans for twenty twenty three and what is or isn't happening. And then on Wednesday. A good friend, traveled with him the last couple years, Andrew Upshaw is going to be on the show, and we are going to talk about the TV side of things. We talk a lot about YouTube, we talk about the podcast, we talk about uh, social media, but when I had the opportunity to go film a crappie TV show and film it, I called Andrew and I said, yeah, I have so much respect for you now having to go film all those, all those shows. So he has a lot of his eggs in that basket, filming a lot of shows, has filmed a lot of shows. So Andrew will be on Wednesday to wrap things up. And then on Thursday, big announcement, big announcement, day four with the man, Frank Scalish, we will have in-studio details and want when Frank will be here. And we will also 95% have details on when the Color 7 will be available. So that's what we have going on this week for BTL. Feels great to be back in studio. Like I said, I don't uh, I don't like pimp the products very much, but they are what allows BTL to be on the air Monday through Thursday. So if you are per- planning on purchasing something, take advantage of these Cyber Monday deals that are going on across the industry. Big shout out. Thank you to Miles Sonar Berghoff. Looking forward to seeing him throughout the season in the Bassmaster EQs. This has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. We'll talk to everyone tomorrow.